0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today. DFS. My name is Sienna Jad. I'm joined on Fridays, as always, by Mike McGlure. It's week 14. I can't believe we're this far into the season, but to be honest with you, we got a long way to go still, including the playoffs. Mike, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well. See you. Doing well. Uh, Just obviously finished early edge with you over there and looking Mm -hmm. forward to this slate. Uh, You know, We don't talk at all before this. We do fill out a brief piece of information minutes before the stream starts, Uh, and I
1: like some of the
0: symmetry that we have this week for sure. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, we really do. We have some symmetry on some plays that might not feel quite as obvious uh, to you as as some, of you know, we got some high high scoring games here, right? We got some big ticket games, big ticket quarterbacks, but our symmetry is usually, you know, or at least today is on kind of maybe that second level. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk about that. And by the way, if you have any plays or stacks that you like in the chat, go ahead and throw them in there. So uh, let's get it started. We have an 11 game slate. It's seven at one o'clock. We've got four games at 4:08 or later. Uh, two at 4:08 and two at 4:28. Uh, one thing I'll say, and Mike, I know you're pretty good about this, especially once we get into December. Is we do need to monitor the weather. We have a good idea of where the rain and wind is going to be. Like Baltimore, for example, which is the game we're going to start with. Likely to be some rain and wind there. And, and a lot of times, we think that's going to be a huge factor on Friday or Thursday, and, and ultimately on Sunday, it's not a huge factor. So I know. Mike, you preach this all the time, like obviously on Sundays, look at the weather, but also look at the totals to see if there's a shakeup with the totals, because if you see uh, totals coming down two, three points, then all of a sudden we're we're even more worried about the weather. But let's start Rams plus seven at the Ravens here, Mike. It's, it's a 40-point total, and again, this is one of those that's likely to be affected by the weather. I'm not sure I'm in on anybody except for one particular player, which I'll mention in a, in a couple of minutes. Do you like anything on either side here? Not as much as I thought
0: I was going to. It is a weather spot that's definitely taking me off of it. Uh, it is one one thing I will say about this, though. 40, despite any conditions that you see, is a pretty low number uh, for these two teams when they are right, when they're healthy. We've seen many instances where this Ravens team can essentially cover 85 to 90% of this on their own. Um, having said that, I don't have a ton of interest here. I thought I was going to play a lot of Zay Flowers originally before the weather, Um, It projected as a decent matchup for him. He's still, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, showing up, say I I tell the computer to build 50 lineups. He's showing up at about 15% of them. Um, Probably going to ignore it at this point. But if I were to play anyone here, it would be Zay Flowers.
1: Let me ask you about Keaton Mitchell, because I understand that his touch share isn't going to be tremendous by any means. But we do know that even if he secures like 12 to 13 touches in the running game, mostly maybe with a couple of receptions that there could be some house calls coming his way. And at 4,900, is that a risk you're potentially willing to take? I don't mind it.
0: Uh, I I don't mind it at all. So I think there's a couple of different builds that you can make this week. Um, You know, There's a chalk running back situations that we've dealt with the last two weeks. It's going to be very much the same here again. I think he's a fine pivot from Zach Moss, Mm -hmm. or I think he's a fine play alongside Zach Moss. If you want to go spend up to also get McCaffrey or any of the other studs, I think that's a fine build overall. Um, I'm not planning to play him as of right now. I would like to see just a little bit more um, in terms of usage. So I'm going to stay off of it for now, Uh, but I, I totally get it. And he clearly has, you know, massive upside.
1: Yeah, and Chargy65 asks, is Isaiah likely an option? Which I, I do believe he is. He's a, he's a tight end. I'm probably going to play at 3,500. Um, probably even if there's some wind and rain, he probably still gets some looks. Mikey, is he on your radar in terms of kind of lower end tight ends?
0: He is, uh, other than the the same situation we had uh, last week, right? We, we talked about Dalton Schultz being out. Brevin Jordan is someone that the skill set is frankly there. He, he's a really... Really talented player, and the price point's just so low. I know it's a matchup with the Jets, but I'm going to be on Brevin Jordan once again if Schultz misses. He did not practice Thursday. If Schultz somehow is upgraded to probable um, and active, then yes, I would go that way. If he's not, then I still strongly prefer Brevin Jordan.
1: Yeah, and by the way, uh, speaking of Zach Moss, because Mike just mentioned him uh, in some builds, he is going to be chalky again. He is a good play in the sense that, well, I should say this, he's not appropriately priced. We'll get to that game, but a lot of people are going to be playing, even though it's $1,300 more than last week. $5,900 it's probably not enough for Zach Moss. Uh, Doug Craig says, one of the premier DFS preview shows. Thank you guys for your devotion and grind. Really appreciate that, Doug. By the way, the FFT DFS contest is actually in the chat right now. It'll be in the podcast description. Uh, register for that. It's only five bucks. and it looks like Todd Luther, he was in fourth place last week, and then Purdy to Debo Samuels dropped him to fifteenth. Well, you were still in the money. That's the good news. Um, what else did I have to say? Oh, yeah, by the way, Doug, if you haven't this is that was a really nice comment., uh, if you haven't already reviewed the podcast, uh, go to go to Apple and scroll down and just hit five stars, maybe say a few words. That would be super helpful uh, for any of you to do that. All right. What's super helpful for me is to play this Bears game. Uh, lions minus three and a half at the bears. It's a 43 and a half point total. Another one it's in Chicago. It's not, it's not at Ford field. We're going to have to monitor the weather. What I've seen from a weather standpoint, isn't anything too crazy. You know, maybe a lot of these games are like a little bit of rain, rain, a little bit of wind, but nothing like crazy. Uh, I like, I like Justin Fields and DJ Moore a lot. I love these games where you can get a secondary that can get exposed, which we know is true for the Detroit lions And we've got a concentration of targets, really like a big concentration of targets. 30% of the targets when Justin Fields is playing, 30% or more go to DJ Moore. He gets almost half of the air yards. I love DJ Moore in every way. I love Justin Fields. Talk me off of it, Mike.
0: I cannot talk you off of it. I I like the spot a lot. Uh, I think Fields is going to have a big day with his legs. I think he's going to be able to find DJ Moore uh, early and often. And you've got to love the price point on, on DJ Moore here. You know, since Fields has been back in there, he's getting targeted. 13 last week, mm-hmm. nine in this same matchup. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is a great, great spot to back him. I think he's got 30-plus fantasy point upside. I think they've got 60-plus fantasy point upside as a stack. Um, and, and he's just way too cheap. 6500 he should be $7,500 uh, yeah. considering the matchup. The quarterback situation, uh, everything involved here, He he's drastically underpriced. I know it's the most expensive he's been, um, but it's still not enough for what he's working with.
1: Let me ask you this before we go to the Detroit side, because I'm curious if you like any runbacks here. Uh, we don't know if Deontay Foreman's is going to be back. Uh, we don't know what the situation is going to be with Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert. At least I don't think we know yet if Deontay Foreman's, and even if he's active, like what his role is going to be. Either way, whether he's active or not, are you interested at all in, in this, in this running game, whether it's, you know, in a stack, probably not, but just maybe taking a piece of the running game, like a Roshon Johnson who got a lot of work last time out.
0: I am not for now. Um, I I think I'm going to focus heavily on fields and and DJ Moore, so I'm not going to play that running back situation. I I have again, like last week, I had a very clear plan at running back. I seem to have that again this week. So, Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of room for those guys that I would normally be mixing in in and out of lineups. Um, So I'm going to avoid it and just on the Chicago side, only play fields and more together or fields or more, uh,
1: but nothing else. I am completely on that. Any runbacks? I think Amon Ross St. Brown might be a popular runback. Uh, I wasn't impressed with him last game, but listen, there's always blips on the radar. I don't think I'm getting to Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm going to play a lot of these stacks and you know, honestly, Josh Reynolds got a lot of work, uh, la- last week. I-, I think, you know, between Montgomery and Gibbs, I don't want to have to make that decision. And because it's a-, a spread a little bit more thin than I'd like, I don't know that I'm going to have a run back. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm not planning to have runbacks here. Um, you know, the pricing just doesn't exactly work the way I want it to. I know that, uh, Laporta, he- he's been fantastic at times, you know, obviously massive, massive upside as we saw last week. Um, at 6,100, he's not the same $5,100 player that, that we were able to jam in at times. Um, so I'm going to stay off of the, the bringbacks here. I don't want to play St. Brown unless it's an indoor game. Um, That's where I really think this Lions team succeeds. And having both running backs in there, uh, I'm not having bringbacks here. It's just Bears only.
1: Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Again, I think you know, if you wanted to take a flyer on like a Josh Reynolds at 3,300, just to make your lineup work, I think something like that makes sense. I mean, Jamison Williams, not really impressed with his, his target share, but 3,500, if you wanted to take shots there, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I want to move to the Texans and Jets, which we won't talk about for more than, I don't know, 45 seconds, hopefully, but I I do want to ask, uh, Kevin has a question that I think um, is really worthy of being asked. And Mike, I'm going to kick this to you in terms of contest selection. If I was playing $50, would you recommend playing 10 $5 contests or a single $50 contest? Is there an advantage to either or?
0: Uh that's a really great question. It does still depend on your goals, which everyone laughs when I say what are your goals? Your goals are to make money and win, right? I get that. Um are you, is your goal to try and win a large sum of money and win a large tournament or are you comfortable um you know playing a single entry tournament? My For most people, I would likely play the one single $50 and build a lineup that you like, Um, or I would drop down and play say 20 or whatever, max out whatever the contest is, right? So that's the most important thing for me. If you're finding a $10, you know, or a $5 contest that only allows 10 entries and you're maxing it out, then I think you're playing in a right situation. But if those $5 entries, if that's a contest that allows 150 entries and you're able to get 10 of them, I don't think it's advantageous compared to being a single entry $50 contest where you're maxing out the same as anyone else in the field. I think that that is going to be a higher ROI for you long-term um, while it does definitely lessen your chance of you know, getting exposure across the board. But my my advice there would be if you wanted to play 10 dollars and it's not maxing it out, drop down to the one dollar twenty max. Build twenty lineups or ten twice, uh, and just max it out. And
1: really, you'll find a lot more benefit that way, in my opinion. Yeah, and you could meet in the middle there too. With like, you know, there's there's some popular twenty seven dollars single entry contests where you have one of those and in, in a couple of twelve dollar contests or a five dollar, you know, to to make up that fifty, so that it's not one in five. You know, you could have maybe two or three. But uh, what I do want to say too is don't just pick all the huge contests like don't don't pick contests that have just 10,000 or more in them like have in your contest selection Maybe try to have some that have 1,000 people in it or or 600 people in it or maybe even less so that you don't have to have a perfect lineup. Now, granted, with 1,000 or 2,000 or even 5,000, you don't have to have a perfect lineup by any means, but you'd be surprised at how easily you can cash with some duds in your lineup when you narrow the playing field, let's say in a single entry, to 1,000 participants or less or or 2,000 participants. It really does make a difference in terms of getting to that pay line. Uh, Texans and jets are not getting to the pay line for me. listen, Nico Collins. That's great. Uh, I just, I don't want any part of this game. I'm not going to play CJ Stroud, not trying to be cute or contrarian, not going to play Brees Hall. we got to monitor his status too. It's a 33 and a half point total Texans favored at New York, uh, by three and a half Mike, anything to talk about in this game?
0: Uh, one player that makes the player pool may or may not probably won't make my lineups, but definitely could, I wouldn't exclude it. If, you know, I, I use a computer a lot of the time to build, but it, if it put the guy in there, I wouldn't exclude it this week. And that's Garrett Wilson. Um, and the reason for that is the the volume is there, man. Uh, we, mm. you know, seven targets last week, 10 the week before, eight before that. And then we're looking at 14, 13, 13, 12. Uh, that I know the efficiency is always going to be the issue and the question, right? But that's $5,500 player getting targets like a $7,800 wide receiver. Um, Texans, we, we've we seen, they, they've been okay defensively at times. They they definitely get into shootouts uh, at times as well because their offense has been good. It'll be a matter of can their offense score on the Jets enough to put them into the real obvious passing situations. I kind of think that they can just enough. So I, I don't think Garrett Wilson is a bad play uh,
1: at 5,500 here. I was gonna say that 5500 all of a sudden makes him a little bit more attractive because I had to do a double take when I initially looked at his price, you know, thinking he'd be in like the 6100 range or something like that. Uh, 5500 is a good price. I, I personally, I don't think I, I like what you're saying about the volume. It is going to go to him. I don't think I'm going to get there, but I, I don't know. You're you're kind of starting to convince me. So I'm I, I'll I'll put myself as undecided there. Panthers plus five at the Saints, 37 and a half point total. This one notably, you know, is in a dome. So always kind of keep an eye. I mean, it's a 37 and half point total. That is what it is, but just keep an eye on game conditions and good game environments. I, you know, what's interesting here, there's two guys that I really like, Mike. And first of all, I'm not sure we have super clarity on whether it's going to be Jameis Winston or Derek Carr. I'm sort of leaning towards Jameis Winston. I don't know that I want to play Alvin Kamara this week. With that said, Hubbard at 5,600. I, I hate to chase points, but he was very productive last week: 25 carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Certainly, variance with those touchdowns. I'll point out he had zero targets. That, that isn't great. Chris Olave is another guy at 7,000 that I think can absolutely go off. The Panthers' secondary, if you look at their numbers, they they look pretty good. J.C. Horns back, but still, it's Chris Olave, and I think whether it's Jameis or Derek Carr, he's going to get a lot of work. So I think Olave is my favorite in this game. Kamara certainly has a high rushing and receiving total. It's top five on the slate. I think it's second on the main slate. So I understand why he's popular. I don't think I'm getting there with him. To me, this one's probably Olave and I'm done. What about you?
0: Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to end up with anyone here. I could make the case for Olave and I could make the case for Kamara, uh, just passing volume uh, really to both. I am a little concerned if it is Jameis. Uh, I think he's going to continue to turn the football over. I think it's going to be uh, an extremely high variance situation. So if I wanted to attack Olave, it would honestly probably be in the prop market through a longest reception prop. I think mm. I, I think he's good for a, a big play. Um, I, I don't know that we see multiple big plays successfully there. I think we see the targets for sure. Uh, if, if there was a way to bet on air yards, I would absolutely do that <laughs> uh, in this particular spot. But they just fall out of the uh, the player pool for me. You know, we liked Kamara a lot, both of us, last week. Um, mm-hmm. or it worked out well for me. I I played him alongside McCaffrey, um, and, and it worked out well. But I'm not planning to go back to it this week, despite a, a pretty good matchup on paper. Uh, and as far as Olave, I want to keep an eye on the injury report. And he, he had the injury report. Now it's an illness. It's just he, he seems to be questionable every week the last few weeks. Yeah. Um at 7K, it's it's close enough. Like I, I'm certainly playing DJ Moore at 6500 before I'm playing Olave.
1: Yeah, that's completely fair. Uh, I, I'm doing that as well. I and I agree with you. Monitoring illnesses and, and injuries that's something we're going to do to do, especially this late in the season. I mean, I feel like early in the season we didn't have a lot of like surprise inactives on on Sunday Sunday mornings, but I think as we kind of get into December, we're, we're going to have to monitor that a little bit more. So that we haven't finalized our, our lineup by any means um on Sunday more, Sunday early morning but um by the way Olave's uh receiving prop 68 and a half something to think about if he's healthy honestly even if if James Winston's the quarterback he's going to throw some picks they're going to be behind like that's just probably what, what the case is going to be but their favorite of course uh against the Panthers by five okay we're going to a really really interesting game you guys aren't going to think it's interesting but I promise you it is it's the Colts and the Bengals but before we get there let's hear a message from our partners So we've reached the portion of the show where I pat myself on the back. I, I always got to do it at least once. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, I had... Now, I played a lot of the early slate. I've been doing that a lot, Mike, lately. I, I've been playing a lot of the early slate, a lot of the afternoon slate. I think that's where most of my money was this this last week. But I did play plenty of the main slate, too. I had Ramondre Stevenson in in terms of the cash allotted in 80% of my lineups. And that was... Not a good thing that happened early in the game. I still managed to make money uh, and and cash Mm -hmm. most of my tournament lineup. So I was really proud of that. The other thing I'm proud of, by the way, and it pertains to this Colts Bengals game, 44 point total, is that on Monday or maybe Sunday night, whenever Monday night when when Jake Browning played, I had Jake Browning's over completions, over 21 and a half completions, which he sailed over. It was plus money. And Jake Browning looks good. He's not Joe Burrow, but he looks good. He's 5,200. Gardner Minshew was 5,400. Each of these guys have primetime receivers in Jamar Chase at 7,600. Michael Pittman, who's just destroying every team he plays at 7,300. Zach Moss is in this game at 5,900. People starting to like Mixon again, even though Chase Brown might have looked better between the tackles. Mixon's only 6,100. There's so much to choose from in this game. Mike, first of all, is this going to be a popular game? I can't imagine it is, but I love this game. How about you?
0: Yeah, I think there'll be a couple pieces that end up being popular and and just because of the the fact that Moss is playing in it. Uh, But I love this game. I've loved it all week. Uh, You know, on CBS Sports HQ, we do a look ahead uh, to the next week, the early line to jump on. This was the game that I gave the total. I gave it at 39 and a half to the over. Uh, We have seen massive movement here and it's correlated to to Browning and looking competent. I think there's things that we need to talk about with Browning uh, that we need to remember here. He is an above average backup quarterback for sure. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. thing that's important here is he's stepping into an elite wide receiver room. It is not the kind of situation a lot of backups tend to step into. He has one of the best receiving cores in the NFL uh, that he gets to work with. Not to Mm -hmm. mention Joe Burrow was banged up early this season during training camp and to start the season. So he actually has a ton of time and additional reps with these receivers uh, and just this offense in general. He's extremely comfortable. It should not be treated as a normal backup quarterback situation. I know there was some concerns when he stepped in and had to play a Steelers defense that at the time was looking very, very good. Um, so that is something to consider. I love Browning. I'm going to play him. I'm going to stack him with Jamar Chase. I'm going to play Zach Moss, a very natural bring back on the other side. And then Pittman. Got to talk about Pittman because I will admit I have not – been playing Michael Pittman. I've missed out uh, by not mm-hmm. playing Michael Pittman. He, the the volume is there. Uh, so much so that I think you can play Pittman and Moss pretty comfortably in the same lineup still.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, let me ask you a couple, I want to ask you a couple questions about some potential pun options. Uh, and we've got, DT in Phoenix. Before I ask you about pun pun options, maybe an ownership question. He asks if Mixon is a sneaky play this week. Mixon's actually getting some ownership, right, Mike?
0: Uh, Yeah, I believe he is getting some ownership.
1: Let me pull it up quickly. Last I checked, he was like at least top 10 as far as running backs ownership.
0: Yeah. Right around 10th for me, but uh, I think he's going to slide right on up above potentially Pacheco and Charbonnet, depending on their, their questionable tags and how long those linger. So yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, fine play wouldn't describe it as sneaky.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So two questions before I get to punt. Oh, actually one question. You, you had that over that you gave out on CBS sports HQ at 39 and a half, which is incredible because this thing is 44 right now. That is like an incredible move with, with that said, you know, I put plays on Sportsline throughout the week. I just put one a couple of hours ago. One I was going to put in was a side, actually, as opposed to a prop. It was going to be the Bengals minus one. Do you have any opinion on that one?
0: Uh, I lean there. Yeah, I believe I just released other numbers today. Sorry, I have uh, I was just looking at where my number was on this. I make the Bengals minus two and a half here in this game. Okay. So
1: slight edge there. All right. Uh, And there's some punts in this game. The chat mentioned one of them. Uh, Let's see. They mentioned Tanner Hudson, who by the way, has four catches in four of his last five games. And that fifth game, the one I left out, he had six catches in that one. So this guy, even though there's a lot of tight ends on this team, we know Drew Sample, a couple other guys that catch passes. Hudson's really cheap at 2,800. And I do want to point out Kyle Granson's really cheap at 2,600. And we know he has some upside. Alec Pierce at 3,700. Any punts that you like in this one? Maybe a Josh Downs?
0: Yeah, Downs is fine as well. Um, If I were to play Hudson – if I were to play one of the cheap tight ends, it would be Hudson, and the only scenario I would do it is if I'm playing Jake Browning. I would have a Jake Browning double stack, which would likely turn into a full game stack because you're going to have Moss on the other side for sure, potentially Pittman as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Hudson has always been great in terms of consistent – He has not flashed upside, really, Um, you know, has not scored double digit fantasy points all season, has been right in that range, essentially getting those four to five targets. Um, I think that's what you can kind of expect. And if you're trying to play a cash game, you're trying to do that, you know, get six to eight points out of your $2,800 player is not going to be the reason that you don't cash. Um, You're not going to win a tournament with six points out of your $2,800 player, very unlikely. Um, however, if he does get in the end zone, he, he's scoring 15 fantasy points likely here and you're pairing him with a $5,200 quarterback. So the rest of your lineup, you've got room for whatever you want. So if you're going to play Tanner Hudson, to me, it should be only in the scenario where it's a double
1: stack, uh, with Browning. And by the way, uh, I know you like the Browning side of the stack is the Minshew stack in play at all for you, or is it really just pieces from the Colts as run backs in the Jake Browning stacks?
0: I think it's okay to get there. I prefer the Browning side. Um, you know, I, I think that while Minshew is someone that I, I don't mind targeting, I, I really think that there's a scenario here where Moss actually runs a little better and we see, um, you know, a couple rushing touchdowns. So um, I'm going to be off of it. I think that, you know, Minshew, we've, we've seen the upside. We flashed the upside a, a bit. I just, I can't get there uh, when Browning's a little cheaper. And we've seen the downside on Minshew is, you know, multiple games of less than 10 fantasy points.
1: Yeah. And not that this is going to happen again, but the last thing on Browning last week, 32 of 37 for three two touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown. Again, he's not replicating that, but keep in mind what Mike said right off the bat when you step in. And by the way, this guy's been holding an iPad, which used to be a clipboard for about four years now. He was pretty good at university of Washington, probably should have been better, but he's seasoned. He's been watching. And what Mike said at the beginning of, of this part of the show was he steps into an elite wide receiver room, which, which not a lot of these backup quarterbacks get a chance to do. So he is very comfortable slinging it to T Higgins and Jamar chase and Tanner Hudson and Tyler Boyd and Trenton Irwin. So, um, I could see another big game coming from him. All right, Buccaneers at the Falcons, another dome game for whatever that's worth. Uh, Buccaneers are one and a half point dogs. It's a 41 point total. You know, I'm not really interested in much in this game. I understand why people might want to play Bijan Robinson. Personally, I don't think I'm going to get there. He is averaging 20 plus touches over his last three games. So he's starting to get the usage that I think people who drafted him and redraft and played him in DFS wanted him to get. Rashad White, I love, but the price is starting to go up. He's 6,800 now. Mike Evans, no problem playing him, but I don't know that this is the matchup I want to get there. So I'm passing on this one. How about you?
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to pass on it. I think there is there is one guy that I, I'm probably going to end up with in a lineup here. Um, it's similar to the Garrett Wilson situation. It's Drake London. Uh, Drake London, mm-hmm. you look at the box score last week, not pretty. Why was it not pretty? Oh, they played the Jets defense. Um, he's $4,600 now. When, when you look at $4,600 – In a competitive game against a team that is a pass funnel, Tampa Bay definitely forces you to pass the football. Very Mm -hmm. difficult to run on them. I know that the Atlanta Falcons like to run the football, so it'll be very interesting to see that workload. But I I like Drake London here. Uh, At 4,600, I think that it's very possible that we see, you know, six to seven catches, 60 yards and a touchdown, I think is well within uh, what we can expect here.
1: Totally agree. Drake London uh, definitely stuck out and and the Bucs, not just good against, you know, receivers in general, but boundary receivers, especially, you know, not very good there. And uh, Drake can certainly get loose. Let's see how much, see how much they have to pass in this one. But again, Buccaneers usually try to pass against them if you want to beat them as opposed uh, to run the ball. Although Chuba Hubbard, 104 yards and two touchdowns last week against that formidable Tampa defense, but that could have just been uh, an outlier. Uh, What would also be an outlier is me playing anybody in this Jaguars-Browns game. 31 and a half point total, Jaguars plus three. Uh, Listen, I think it's probably C.J. Beathard and not Trevor Lawrence. I know we were all giddy about seeing him on the practice field yesterday, but he really wasn't doing much. He was stepping into throws, which was surprising, but not a lot of planting and cutting. I don't think we're going to see Trevor. I think it's going to be C.J. Beathard. On the other side, Joe Flacco, he looked okay last week. Elijah Moore, unfortunately, he was 3,500 last week, now 4,500. I don't know if that means you can't play him, but I'm not playing him. I'm not playing anybody in this game. Mike, how about you?
0: Yeah, I'm probably not going to get there. I, the computer says Elijah Moore and David Njoku are both fine plays. Um, Moore, if we think Moore is actually going to get 12 targets again at 4,500, it, it's right in that same situation as Drake London or Garrett Wilson. Like Any of those three guys, talented enough to be played. If you're counting on that kind of volume, like no, no, no matter the matchup, no matter who's throwing them the football, if they're getting it thrown their way that many times, uh, they're playable at their price points. Uh, in I think is probably going to be okay as well. Uh, price point 4,100. Like I, I don't mind it. Um, the only thing I can say there is if you're going to play Injoku there, I don't, Mind paying two hundred dollars more for Cole Komet and just double stacking with Fields, mm-hmm. uh, just having a little bit more exposure. Um, so yeah, probably not playing those guys, despite the computer saying Elijah Moore and and Joker are okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's the play I prefer. Uh, getting to that because listen, if you think Justin Fields is going to go off, I mean it's not literally going all, going to all go to DJ Moore. I, I like just hoping that the Bears really uh, outshoot their uh, team total projection. And Comet gets involved there as well. All right. We got to talk about the four o'clock games, all of which I think are really good. Like if you wanted to play the afternoon slate, there are so many different ways you could go. I mean, by the way, you're going to play a lot of these guys in the main slate too, but these four games are really interesting. We're going to get to them, but we're going to hear one more message from our partners. Don't forget everybody about our FFT DFS contest, which is live. Uh, get into that one. Seahawks plus 11 at the 49ers, 47 point total. I think some ownership is certainly going to go here. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy, he just keeps slinging it. And and you know you can sling it against the Seattle defense. He's only 6,500. I think the question people ask themselves is, okay, who do we pair him with? Last week it was Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey was okay, but certainly, like, didn't do great, didn't do the typical CMC things. I- I'm curious how you're playing this one because, you know, part of me doesn't want to chase – what we saw from Seattle last week. I mean, I think you're fine if you want to do that and you, you have a, a 49er stack and you run it back with like a DK Metcalf, maybe a Jackson Smith and Jigba who's only 4,100. But I'm really curious, Mike, how you're playing this one. Just a note here, Mike mentioned it before. We're not exactly sure what's going on with Zach Charbonnet in terms of how active or whether he's going to be active or, or hampered at all on Sunday because of that knee injury. We're not, I don't think we're sure yet if Kenneth Walker III is coming back. Mike, how are you playing this one?
0: For me, it's Christian McCaffrey, and that's it for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charbonnet is in the player pool. You could play Lockett if you want to. Uh, Smith and Jigba, also playable if you want to. Um, as of right now, though, core lineup's going to have Christian McCaffrey still. You know, we talked about a little bit of a down week from him last week. A down week from Christian McCaffrey is 40 receiving yards, only 93 rushing yards and a touchdown, yeah. uh, which is 22.3 DraftKings points. That's, that's kind of the down week because Debo Samuel – I, I ended up playing a lot of Debo last week, last minute, which I, I cashed extremely nicely. One of my best weeks of the year because of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of that probably should have went the way of McCaffrey still. Debo ran really hot in getting into the end zone. Um, McCaffrey hasn't scored less than 20 fantasy points in six straight. I like this matchup. They're going to lean on him. We're, we're looking at 20 plus touches once again. Probably 150 combined yards from scrimmage. So we're, you know, You're talking about a floor of about 16 fantasy points before he gets in the end zone. Um, I, I think it's too, too good to ignore. I'm going to play it. Uh, we've seen a lot of success in this matchup against Seattle. The most likely outcome is they're controlling the game, uh, but Seattle pushes just enough as a divisional opponent to keep McCaffrey on the field.
1: Yeah, any interest... Let's say I was playing just the afternoon slate. Any interest in a Geno, DK, maybe double stack with JSN, and then you run it back with, let's say, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's it's getting pretty expensive, but at least you get some salary relief with JSN, and Geno's only 5,700.
0: I don't mind it. It would not be a full slate play for me, but afternoon slate, I think that it makes a lot more sense in that situation. Um, yeah, I haven't looked a ton at just afternoon only, but just kind of looking at what games are there. I don't mind it for that. I would not recommend
1: it for a full slate. And by the way, Big Cheesy says McCaffrey dominates against the Seahawks. Well, that's true. And by the way, I do want to point out Zach Charbonnet doesn't really. Uh, He caught four balls. It was kind of like late in the game. This is just a few weeks ago that these teams played. He really didn't have any production through the year. I think he caught four balls, which is good for DraftKings. Um, less good for FanDuel, but he only had 11 yards on on those four catches. And again, most of them occurred at the end of the game. He was really covered coming out of the backfield. They made it a point to make sure a linebacker was on him and and his, his rushing work wasn't very good either. So if you, if you think you're paying down, um, and you know, for, for Zach Charbonnet, he's going to do a ton. Like, just be careful with that. Big Cheesy also asks Mitchell worth a flyer. I assume you're talking about Keaton Mitchell. We talked about him earlier in the show and we're going to talk about him later. When And we always close every show, Big Cheesy, with uh, Mike's top three at each position and our cheat sheet. And I believe Keaton Mitchell is going to make an appearance there. But, yeah, we like Keaton Mitchell. I like Keaton Mitchell, I should say. I like
0: Keaton Mitchell. I personally think Big Cheesy – I think he's a West Coast guy. I think he's a uh, Niners guy. I think he's talking about Elijah Mitchell, which I would say is a hard no. Um, He's a little banged up himself. Uh, Didn't even practice Thursday. If if you're not talking about Elijah Mitchell, I'm sorry. I do believe he's a – I think it was in relation to that. Uh, if McCaffrey is going to be in a blowout situation, uh, I would not play Elijah Mitchell in any scenario here.
1: Yeah. Uh, good, good point about the, the West coast thing. Um, yeah. Always put full names because you'd be surprised. Like there's the, like somebody will be like, what do you think about Wilson? And I'm like, all right, there's like literally 11 Wilsons on the slate. So it's just super easier from a recall standpoint, if you put uh, full names, all right, let's go to Vikings minus three at the Raiders. I don't, if you have questions about this game and we didn't cover anybody, like, listen, I'm, I'm probably not playing Brandon Ayuk or, or George Kittle. I think Debo is interesting. Probably not getting there. This is one of those things where I kind of agree with Mike, get CMC and, and get out. Vikings minus three at the Raiders, another game in a dome. It's a 40-point total, a little lower than I would have expected. Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be really ugly to everybody's ears, but I already put it into play on Sportsline on Alexander Madison over 50 and a half rushing yards. I just thought he looked really good the the week before the bye. It looked like he'd established himself again as like the number one running back. Ty Chandler really didn't get a lot of work. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Only got 10 carries. That was kind of game script uh, dependent. But I bring that up to say this. I think Alexander Madison at fifty five hundred. I don't think that's terrible. I, I think he against this Raiders defense, he could have a, a pretty good game. Jacobs at sixty nine hundred. I think he might be popular. Um, Vikings pretty good against the run, so I, I don't know how much I love that. T.J. Hawkinson, another guy I looked at. I'm not playing Justin Jefferson. I, I'm not playing Jordan Addison. It, it'll be hard for me to get to T.J. Hawkinson. Do you like anything in this game?
0: Uh not a lot. You know, the computer says Josh Dobbs is like fringe playable. Uh, I'm not going to do it personally. Um, Jacobs is going to be extremely popular. I'm not going to go there with that kind of popularity uh, that I'm mm. projecting, at least at this point in the week. So I'm off a lot here. I think that, uh, you know, obviously markets can be wrong on on projecting totals. Yeah. Uh, and I say projecting, it's, you know, a market sets the total, right? It's, you know, it's not Vegas projecting the total. It is the market with action dictating where the total lands, And the fact that you see a 40-point total in a dome uh, should be pretty telling if you believe that the market is efficient there, like I do. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay off of it. Uh, Again, it's it's very concerning to see a total that low in such a controlled environment.
1: Yeah, and again, the, the Madison play, I don't expect anybody to like that, and he probably doesn't get a ton of receiving work. But again, against the Raiders, I'm just kind of going for something that at 5,500 I, I think could get there, but there's a lot of options between 4,900 and 5,500 that might be better, of course, than Alexander Madison. All right. Those are the two 408 games. Uh, the two 428 games are Bills, Chiefs, and Broncos, Chargers. Both have plenty of DFS implications. Let's start with the Bills uh, against your team, Mike. It's a 49 point total. This is obviously a huge total. Um, so many different ways to go. I think we need to check on Isaiah Pacheco's injury status, like a lot of these guys that we've talked about. I like the Josh Allen side. I just – I don't know who I want to pair him with. I mean, Diggs, 8800 Josh Allen, 8300 That That's pretty expensive. Mahomes, 7900 Do you pair him with, let's say, a Rasheed Rice? How are you playing this one? Yeah, I like this game
0: a lot, honestly. I, it's hard not to. Um, I know there are some sharp people out there that lean to the under, and I get it at times. And the reason why I get it is if you watch that Sunday night – it was a Sunday night game uh, – with Kansas City and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Sunday the night, number yep. of possessions in that game insanely low because Green Bay was basically replicating Jordan Love was replicating what Mahomes has been able to do throughout his career in that game. They continue to have those six to seven minute sustained drives that you just you reduce so much opportunity. Um, I think that that's possible we get in here, but I also don't think that they can stop Buffalo, and I don't think Buffalo can stop them. So I think there's plenty of fantasy points here. I like. If I'm stacking, I do like the Mahomes side a little bit better. Uh, I think this is a, a good bounce back spot for Kansas City. I think if Kansas City wins this game, they went out, they grab the number one seed. I think it's incredibly important for them to win this game. Uh, obviously, a must win on the, on the side of Buffalo. So I like Mahomes to Rasheed Rice. Not going to play Pacheco just yet. Need more information there. Travis Kelsey, I do think it's a decent spot to jump back in there. I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. Uh, but my favorite play in the game, uh, is Stefan Diggs. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's for a couple reasons. Number one, he's the most expensive wide receiver on the slate. Definitely think people are going to look to, uh, save a little cash there, but I love the chemistry with Josh Allen still and that might sound crazy to some people, but you know, you look at some of the bad games he had, he had two bad home games back to back against Denver and the Jets. Denver has a really good corner. The Jets, we know how good they are, right? The targets dropped in those games. But would you look at last game against Philly, 11. Back to Tampa, 12. New England, 12. The Giants, 16. I think he's going to lean on Diggs in the must-win spot, and I, I think he's going to have a big day.
1: Yeah, it is a must-win spot for sure. Any other – listen, Gabe Davis, I don't know that I want to chase that, but he had a big day Uh uh I guess two weeks ago, because they're coming off a bye, right? Uh, Against the Eagles, uh, Khalil Shakir, 3,900. Dalton Kincaid, I think Dawson Knox is back. I don't know how much that affects Dalton Kincaid or, frankly, these three wide receiver sets that Khalil Shakir has been bumping into. Uh, Any other players besides Diggs that you like? And is your stack Mahomes to, let's say, Rice and bringing it back with Diggs? Would that be the primary stack for you in this game?
0: Yeah, the primary stack for me is Mahomes to Rice with a bring back of Diggs. Uh, As far as the other players for Buffalo... Probably not going to get there. The only scenario I would get there would be if I wanted to make it a Josh Allen lineup, in which case I'd have a double stack. So it would be Allen, Diggs, and then one of – whether it's one of the tight ends or Shakir or Gabe Davis. Um, but there is a decent negative correlation there. So I'm i not going to – I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna play that. If you wanted to, that's how I would play it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's just Diggs on the Buffalo side and –
1: Mahomes, Rice, potentially Kelsey on the Kansas City side. Do you have a take on who wins this game? I know you might be a little biased, but you're usually extremely objective. So I, I feel like somehow the Bills are going to pull this out, particularly coming off thereby. Uh, But I, I'm I'm kind of going back and forth here.
0: Yeah, so that's part of the reason why I'm not touching the total there on it. But I I, I lean Kansas City. Uh, I make hmm. the number three. Um, hmm. I I think it's going to be you know, which is essentially saying that the teams right now when you're it's essentially saying these teams are even on a neutral site right that's what that's saying in in this particular matchup when you've got buffalo with all this time to prepare backs against the wall um when i have a minus three rating on on kansas city that's essentially you know one of the better home field advantages in the nfl that's essentially what it what it is so i I think kansas Mm -hmm. city finds a way to win the game um but it wouldn't shock me if buffalo plays one of their best games because you know, we, we saw Buffalo have to fire an offensive coordinator, um, rightfully so, maybe, maybe not. They, they've they been extremely unlucky at times. Not every turnover from Josh Allen has been Josh Allen's fault. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're a very talented offensive football team. So I think this is a possession game back and forth. Definitely going to look and feel like a playoff game. I lean Kansas City to win,
1: but it is not something that I bet and not something I plan to bet. I'll say this. If you think the Bills can win this game or if, if you think it's somewhat likely, more likely than not that they win this game, given the nature of the AFC and the lack of quarterbacks, the injured quarterbacks in the AFC in, on most of these better teams, the Bills are 22 to one to win the AFC, not the Super Bowl but to win the AFC. So if you think they're going to get past the Chiefs at that point, they've really inserted themselves back into the playoff hunt. They're right outside on the outside looking in right now. But again, if you think they're going to win this game, it'll go a long way for them to make the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, given the nature again of the quarterback position in the AFC, um, I think they have a pretty good chance that would drop from 22 to one to 11 to one, maybe nine to one real quick when the playoffs start, if not even a little bit shorter. Mike, what do you think about that?
0: I I like it a lot. Uh, You know, you can look at all the teams across the board. Uh, I guarantee you if you surveyed NFL head coaches or GMs and asked them which of these fringe teams you don't want to see in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. it's certainly going to be the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. You you don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could say the same thing about Kansas City, right? Hypothetically, Mm -hmm. Kansas City drops this game and then drops another game and they're like a three or four seed. No one's thrilled to be playing them, no matter where they're seated. Uh, right. That That's
1: certainly true on the Buffalo side. Right. All right, let's get to this last game before we get to your top three and both of our cheat sheets. Broncos plus two and a half at the Chargers. It's a 44-point total. This one played in a dome as well, uh, we know, at SoFi in Los Angeles. Uh, some interesting prices here. I mean, I wasn't on Russ with you, Mike, last week. I wasn't on Javante uh, either, but this is a pretty appealing price, uh, Russ 5800 Um playing a Chargers defense that doesn't offer too much resistance. I think Jerry Judy's really interesting because of his price. If you're doing a rust stack at 4,700, then we, of course, we've got Cortland Sutton, the touchdown maker at 6,100, Javante 5,800. I think all these prices are great. And by the way, Keenan Allen, who I didn't like when I when the slate opened up, but now I got to start looking at it because his yardage prop from a receiving standpoint, it's the highest on the main slate. It's 84 and a half. So it, it, it's hard to ignore a Russ stack with a Keenan bringback. What about, what, what do you think?
0: Yeah, no, it, it's, I, I won't go as far as say it's hard to ignore it, but it's certainly viable, certainly viable. Um, I, I did like Russ a lot last week. I liked uh, Sutton a lot last week. He fortunately got in the end zone there after dropping an easy 50 yard completion, you know, in the early first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not going to go back to it. I prefer Javante in this one if I was going to play something on that side. However, mm-hmm. you meant Jerry Judy. I do think Jerry Judy's, you know, the volume's not as high as guys like uh, Drake London or Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson necessarily, but he's in that conversation, like playable. You need a receiver that's, you know, 55 to 4,500, somewhere in that range. I think it's okay to go there in that spot. Uh, as far as Keenan Allen, um, the volume is—it's scary to fade him because the volume is so good. I mean, the, they had a game six, nothing against the Patriots. He still had nine targets, only caught five for fifty-eight, didn't score. Um, That—that's that floor is very unlikely to really ever happen again for him unless he gets hurt. So, mm-hmm. I, I think he's got insane upside. I prefer him over guys like Justin Jefferson. Uh, he's part of the reason why I like Stefan Diggs. I think Diggs being two hundred dollars more expensive. Um, I think people are going to play Allen a lot more. So I'm going to pivot to Diggs, but I don't feel great about it.
1: No, I like that pivot a lot. Uh, in fact, you know, when you look at the yardage totals, and I know this goes into projections and things of that nature, and it kind of dictates ownership. When you look at Stefan Diggs, it's 74 and a half receiving yards, which I think is a touch short, by the way. Keenan Allen, 84 and a half. Um, You know, obviously you're going to see optimizers and projections pushing out like a little bit more Keenan Allen than Stefan Diggs, especially when you factor in the price. So I think that's a, a brilliant pivot personally. I think maybe if you wanted to really get involved in this game, which I'm not necessarily recommending, uh, Jalen Guyton, who I think is going to be back. Uh, you know, these are these are dart throws, but Gerald oh. Everett at the tight end position, uh, not a terrible option.
0: No, definitely not a bad option uh, at the tight end position. So I that price point, 3400, I do like it. The reason I like it is he has shown some touchdown equity uh, in the past, which is really what you want if you're punting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want a guy that's playing hard. Like, this is a bad team, and every time Gerald Everett touches the ball, it's not the Isaiah Pacheco experience where it's like his last run every time, but Gerald Everett, like, it, he he really gives it 100%. So, I mean, I, I think there is something to be said for that uh, in, in this matchup. All right, Mike, let's get to our cheat sheets. But first, let's get to your top three at each position, starting with the quarterback.
0: Quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Jake Browning, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, We love Justin Fields in this matchup against Detroit. Love his stacking options with DJ Moore, his own individual rushing upside, and Cole Komet, if you want to double. Jake Browning, love the price point. Think he's stepping into an absolutely elite situation in terms of being a backup quarterback. And his natural stack with Jamar Chase. We didn't talk about this a ton. Uh, I'm playing a ton of Jamar Chase again. He's simply too cheap for having a competent quarterback like that. Uh, And and then Patrick Mahomes. I I think it's going to still be a shootout, and we love his upside. They're going to put the football in his hands. Uh, I think they could be trailing in this game to Buffalo, so that's where I want to play him. Uh, In terms of running backs, it it could change a little bit here for me, but I've got Christian McCaffrey, number one. Uh, The ceiling is immense. The floor is insanely high, so I'm going there. I'm playing Zach Moss again, once again, I think the ownership could drop from last week being you know more expensive, all that. Uh, the volume is just there, love the matchup, love the bring backs, so Zach Moss. I've listed Charbonnet, but I, I probably am gonna end up changing that later. Uh, and other guys quickly that I could play, Javonte Williams, potentially Isaiah Pacheco, um, you know potentially there at that point so other guys trying to think is there one other yeah likely Javante Williams would be the pivot from Charbonnet so Mm -hmm. we'll keep that in mind there uh wide receiver DJ Moore love the stack for DJ Moore uh with Justin Fields Rasheed Rice stacking with Patrick Mahomes um I think Rasheed Rice is emerging and I think Patrick Mahomes trusts him I think they're going to get the football in his hands a lot and then Jamar Chase um Simply Too Cheap, love the chemistry he's developed with Jake Browning, love the price point on just stacking with Browning, um, with Chase, it's really, really good in terms of price points.
1: Love that. And, and uh then... Tight end.
0: Tight end. Uh, going to Cole Komet, I, I've moved him to the number one spot, I've actually talked myself into some double stacks and uh, playing in there. So Cole Komet with Justin Fields, Cole Komet without Justin Fields. Uh, Tanner Hudson, number two, we're going all value here this week. Uh, again, stacking with Jake Browning. That's the only scenario I'm playing Tanner Hudson is with a Jake Browning lineup. Uh, but when you play Jake Browning, so that that this just the thought process through some of this as well, and why it projects reasonably well, you got Jake Browning 5,200, Jamar Chase 7,600, and then Tanner Hudson 2,800. That's essentially the same price point maybe even a little less, is a normal Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, but now you're getting three players uh, mm-hmm. instead of two in, in a pretty good matchup. So that's why we do that. And then the third tight end, Brevin Jordan, Houston Texans. Tough matchup, no doubt. Uh, I love the way he plays, and Dalton Schultz likely to miss this
1: game again. Love it. Hey, good question from Greg, you Hayes. Uh, in cash lineups at quarterback, would you play Fields or would you play Browning? Or maybe you can think of an, another quarterback uh, that you love for cash.
0: Uh, I think Fields is definitely going to be the default for a lot of people. I'm going to be playing a little bit of both. Um, I I do like Fields and Browning both. I I think that the builds kind of change just a little bit, but not a ton. Um, You know, like thinking about a cash game build with Justin Fields, it's definitely going to include DJ Moore, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: My Jake Browning cash game lineup is definitely going to include DJ Moore. Like it's still going to include DJ Moore. Um, it's just going to allow me to maybe get up to Christian McCaffrey or get up to Stefan Diggs in one of those contrarian type spots uh, that I may not be able to if I'm spending a little more uh, on Justin Fields. So they're going to be very similar lineups. The cores are going to be the same. I'm going to have McCaffrey in them. I'm going to have Jamar Chase in both of them, no matter who I have at quarterback. Um, I think the field is
1: definitely going to play Justin Fields more than, than Browning and Cash. Yeah, and keep in mind what he just said too. In terms of what you what whether you're playing Fields or anybody else, Mike, it sounds to me like Jamar Chase at 7600 would be like a cash game staple. For me, yes, definitely. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I think and Zach and is
0: awesome. uh, DJ Morris as well. I, I want mm-hmm. exposure to both of those quarterbacks, no matter who is in my
1: lineup at quarterback. And we can throw in Zach Moss as a core piece of your cash lineup too, right? Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, you got a lot of of cash advice there. Let's go to my cheat sheet. Uh, These names sound familiar. Justin Fields, 6,800 to DJ Moore, 6,500. We've talked about that one enough. Don't need to expand on that. Keaton Mitchell is my value at 4,900. I'm really just going for the upside there. You know, I'm I'm playing him in tournaments, not in cash. So I do want to emphasize that, but I do think if he makes a house call at 4,900, not only does he make a lot of lineups work because of the price, but he could really kind of shoot to the moon because we don't exactly know what the running back distribution is going to be between him and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill? He'll likely phase out a little bit, but and I know Gus Edwards gets a lot of the goal line stuff, if not Lamar. But I think we could see a big time uptick with Keaton Mitchell. It makes a lot of sense to me. Chalk play Zach Moss at 5,900, still priced inappropriately. My Contrarian play, honestly, like I, I'm not super comfortable with this, but I just think it's going to be a. Let's put it this way. I think this could be the biggest game of Alexander Madison's season. That doesn't say much, right? Like I'm not like I'm not saying he's going to have like two touchdowns and 150 yards, but I do think it's a good matchup. I liked how he looked, and I like how it looks like he's reestablished himself as the RB one. I don't think he's an optimal DraftKings play in general, but I just don't think a lot of people are going to play him. And I'm hoping I get one to two touchdowns for him. My fade's going to be Zach Charbonnet. Um, well, you know, part of it is monitoring the injury, and the other part of it is I think if Seattle's going to have success, it's going to be through the air. It's not going to be through the run. Charbonnet may get there with volume. I just think he's going to get shut down more often than not when he touches the ball. So I'm, I'm out on Zach Charbonnet, Uh, Mike, your cheat sheet. Uh, Well,
0: first of all, I love Justin Fields uh, to DJ Moore. So definitely could be my one, a one B for sure. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's going to be Jake Browning for me uh, to Jamar chase again, 5,200, 7,600 love, love, love the combination on that price point. Um, There's a lot you can do with your lineup. If you go that route to start. My value play for me is gonna be Drake London. I I love the bounce back spot. Uh, Much better matchup, He's a matchup they're familiar with. A matchup you have to throw, 4,600. I think he gets in the end zone. Uh, So I like Drake London. Chalk play, Christian McCaffrey, all all day for me. Uh, Top play on the slate pretty much every week. I think that remains true again here this week. Um, So I'm gonna take the points there and and work some value everywhere else. My contrarian play, we talked about it at length, really uh, a little bit, it's Stefan Diggs. I I like Digs. I'm going to have him projected slightly lower than Keenan Allen. Uh, I think everyone's going to have him projected slightly lower than Keenan Allen. But I I think that being $200 more, I'm going to play a little Mahomes, going to play a little Rice. I must win game. I just like the spot. Coming off a buy, there's just so many things that you can like in that spot. And my fade, Josh Jacobs, 6,900. He's a fine play. We talked about this guy many times he can score 30 fantasy points uh pretty easily, right? You know, things can go right for him. He's a very talented player. I think the biggest concern I have here is a 40 point total in a dome in a controlled environment. Uh Minnesota, I think they're actually solid against stopping the run. Um so I'm going to fade Josh
1: Jacobs here. Yeah, I like that a bit a, a lot. And you know, your cheat sheet's really interesting because you got a couple really expensive pieces in there, but because of what I'm looking at with your stack like you can literally take his stack value chalk and contrarian and like, like already have a, a tournament lineup, like built out. And then you throw in a couple of like cheaper pieces. Again, we talked about Tanner Hudson, for example. So you could literally like use his stack and and, and it works right with those expensive pieces. It works because he has Jake Browning a, as the, as the quarterback option and Drake London a uh, tremendous value there too. So um, the cheat sheet is there for a reason. I mean, you know, you can actually take a lot of pieces from these and hope that you can, uh, get far in your tournament lineups. And we hope that you do. We hope we see some screenshots. I saw last week, I don't know if they just tweeted at me or maybe it was a message to me. I'm not sure. I think it was a like a public uh, Twitter comment. Somebody turned 10 bucks into 700 bucks. Mike, I think they gave both of us credit, but I, I bet it was mostly you is my guess. But the point is, listen, that doesn't happen all the time. 10 bucks to 700 is amazing. But um, we have been pretty good. These, the, uh, Like I, I've been winning, I would probably say four to five weeks in a row where I'm, I'm actually kind of making money and I'm playing largely tournaments versus cash. So, to have a streak like that in tournaments is is somewhat telling. Uh, again, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to play the early slate only, the the afternoon slate only, just to change things up a little bit. Um, but that's it. We'll see you next Friday at eleven o'clock, and of course, Megan and Megan Shop will see you on Tuesday at ten thirty uh, for our early look at Week Fifteen. We hope everybody has a great weekend, a great Sunday slate, and we'll see you next on Tuesday. Thanks for joining us on Fantasy Football Today, DFS.